everyone. Welcome to another episode of SLP's Wine and Cheese. I'm Maria. And I'm Deb. And here's our podcast. For the realistic SLP. That's right, we are. And today we want to talk about just life, right? Keep it real. But I also want to say quick autism acceptance month, you know, as SLPs, we work with many individuals who may or may not be on the autism spectrum, but you know, we, we work that with this population. So just want to uh, say a quick little shout out for that. All of us out there in the trenches. Yeah. And I think that um, an important thing for autism acceptance month is to work on listening to actually autistic voices. So doing what you can to find resources on the internet, whether it be Facebook, Instagram, or anything else. Um, as I making books or books and, books yeah. and documentaries. And yes, the reason I jump is a book I recommend. Mm-hmm. Is that written by an autistic person? Yes. In Japanese. And he oh. was saying how like sometimes he can't help it that he just has to run and like his like brain and his body are like disconnected and he just can't really explain it, but he just feels the need to run. Mm-hmm. So it just makes me think about certain kids that, that need to run too, you know, they need right. to get their energy out. So I try to incorporate that in my sessions. I'll ask them, do you want to run? If they have a device, I show them where it is. I have them search it teaching my students to search, like copying the word and then having them type the word into their device to search it, to know what folder it's in, to be able to have access to that vocabulary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So things like that. There you go. That's just a little, that's my tip. That's my tip. Uh, Great. I'm just like going to cash in my tip early, you know, Mm -hmm. like like, that's good. So you have it done. I have it done guys. This is, I'm starting this. We're starting this episode off with a tip right here. Good. And my tip is to follow actual autistic people on the internet, instead of listening to all neurotypical people talk to you about autism. Yeah. Yeah. I follow Rachel Dorsey, the SLP who has autism. She's very interesting. I took her PD I think it was the SLP summit SLP shout out to SLP toolkit. I'm getting all the segments checked. I just gave my tip. I'm giving my SLP shout out. Yeah. I love SLP yeah. toolkit. Um, I have an affiliate code for SLP toolkit. I will put in the show notes. Um, so if you are interested in, uh, easing up your day, making speech therapy, data tracking and, um, therapy just, easier in general, you can uh, sign up for SLP toolkit and it's been a lifesaver for me. I'm sure it will help you too. So what else is going on with you, Maria? What's happening in your life? You know, I'm just picking, I picked out wedding invitations. So Mm -hmm. just gathering the guest list and the guest count and, you know, the numbers more than I thought. So now I have to order more invitations. Do you think many people are going to travel to Greece? Are very many people saying they want to mostly family? Mm-hmm. I don't think many friends are traveling. Okay. But your family's like used to traveling to Greece anyway. So they're probably like, well, my side. Yes. Sal's not so much, but they ah. are for the most part, they're coming or planning to come in or coming or open to it, you know? So mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's going to be a fun celebration in Greece in Athens. It's gonna Wonderful. Be July 30th. 
but we're doing the church up on a mountain somewhere. Wow. And that's 6 30 PM. And then we're going to go down to this area where it's a beach bar, Mojito mm-hmm. Bay, but they also do weddings and events. So we'll just, you know, dress it up and have it on the beach, but beautiful uh, with wooden planks, not like in the sand, but you oh, take okay. like six steps down, open a big door and there's the beach. Beautiful. Yeah. And it's like in a little bay. So we'll have like a little cove area and that's where the party's going to be. That sounds amazing. I feel like the pictures are going to be fantastic. I sadly will not be attending because I have a baby and it's too hard to leave him. I left for a four day trip to the Dominican Republic. And while I had fun, it was very, very difficult for me leading up to the trip and while on it. So um, I just yeah, I don't feel like I can do that again. Um, You could bring Benjamin. Benjamin is also invited. Perhaps you would oh. want Danny to come with him as well to watch him if you and Mike want to party the night of the wedding. So, right. I mean, but, and then the other problem is that my sister, I am her maid of honor and her bachelorette party is that same weekend of your wedding. Yes, I remember you told yes. me that. <laughs> so, so, so there are two reasons now. I'm also third reason, very poor this year. Um, so, <laughs> yes, no, I know you've been mentioning that. I have I been talking about it a lot. Yes. I feel like I am not afraid to tell the world I am poor. <laughs> I feel like daycare Sorry. is disgustingly, disgustingly expensive. Uh, in fact, like to pay for daycare, I would have to work more, which essentially is tear. It would be tearing me away from my family. <laughs> and I just think that there needs to be some type of uh reform um in this area i think that i will just continue to complain about it until something changes i don't know if it will i think you you should deb i think yeah this is a very realistic issue and yeah out here working hard just to watch someone to watch your own child and then you're like i could just watch my own i would rather just be poor and do it myself that's just that feels better i don't want to um Because by the time I work and then pay for daycare, I'm going to have the same amount of money as I do right right now. So it doesn't make sense to me. Um, I don't know. I wish I was a lawyer. I feel like all the people in my neighborhood in the nicer houses are lawyers. And we all went to the school around about the same amount of time. Uh, So there's something to think about future SLPs. I guess this is my dwell. I am dwelling on the fact (laughs) that... uh, Yeah, I could have been a lawyer and made more money. But I think, you know, some lawyers don't make any money, I guess. I don't know. I don't know the answers. Do you? I don't know the answers. And that's funny you bring this up because I used to want to be a lawyer, but I don't. But I'm happy I didn't go to law school. Law schools. I don't know if I would have been able to get through that. That was rough. Mm -hmm. Grads, if grads, if I thought grad school was a tough time, I feel like law school would be more and you have to like just never do anything wrong it seems like and you have this like abiding light because you have to practice the law and it's just like a lot of pressure so it I don't just know seems I think like I could do it I don't know you not... might be able to do it now yeah. maybe you're seeing it you know like oh maybe if I was a I lawyer know, grad school was pretty easy for me I didn't think it was hard just the lifestyle was, was it hard. was it I remember you showed up to clinic and you're like it was laundry day. I'm going to look like a Disney princess. So I was like, yeah. all right. So that's what was hard. I, that's what I yeah. mean. The lifestyle was hard. It was the not lifestyle. the content. Okay. It was it was pretty easy. I could get all the work done. I never struggled to understand anything. Um, 
but yeah, working and taking care of myself and paying rent and and uh, going to school, that was tough. But that would have been tough regardless of what I was doing. Um, I got to get this baby out of his chair because he is done eating. He says that he is all done. Are you all done? She's signing to him and he's looking like he's giving you two hands up high fives. My baby was just eating. Now he's covered in hummus. So something that is going well for us is baby led feeding. Do you know what that is? Yes, you told me all about it, which yeah. is introducing many different foods and and the the iron. Something has to have iron and a yeah. If it has iron, fat. you need vitamin C to absorb it. Um, Ooh. yeah, and you want to make sure that your plates have vitamin C, iron, and healthy fat. Um, so yeah, I just want to recommend one hundred one before one. It's a great Instagram and cookbook, and there's like a little magnet with a checklist, so you can check off all the foods that your baby has tried, like microphones. You want to eat the microphone? But yeah, so now Benjamin is 11 months old. So we are on three meals a day. Some things that we want, I wanted to talk about that you want to avoid before the, um, before age one is honey. You definitely don't want the baby to have any honey. No um, honey. No honey. Put that on my face, Deb. I put Manuka honey on my face. All right. Time. Don't lick Maria. No, no honey for the baby. And you want to make sure you're checking like cereal, cereal bars, cookies, even if you're giving him a cookie, which, you know, sugar is something on the list that you really don't want to give um, mm-hmm. too much of. Um, but you got to live. Um, right. But yeah, no honey for the very small risk of botulism. Um, but still a real one. So that's uh, the main no-no. No juice, um, any food or drink with added sugar. Um, you don't Isn't want to like give... old kids drink like apple juice. <laughs> well, no, you don't. So that's or what like no. they gave us Before. in the 90s. But no, we don't want that. So um, if okay. you have a baby, if your baby is not feeling well, so Benjamin had a fever um, the other day and you want to keep your children hydrated if they have a fever. fever. So you can do Pedialyte or coconut water, dilute both of them because they're both pretty tasty and you don't want them to like become addicted to it. Um, yeah, and those have sugar too, I'm sure, but you, yes, uh, but not added sugar is what you don't want. Like natural sugar is better. Um, but I'm sure there could be some, Mm-hmm. Um, added sugar. Um, another thing, uh, you don't want foods high in sodium. So that's something that you have to be careful of when you go out to eat. Um, and if you do that, like if you don't go out to eat often, then I would really wouldn't think too much about how much sodium you or the baby are consuming. But if mm-hmm. you do get takeout often, that's something you want to keep on your radar that you want to reduce the amount of sodium that the baby is ingesting. Um, a couple more things. So cow's milk as a drink, you want to avoid before the age of one, um, but it can be used in recipes or as yogurt or cheese. Um, so Benjamin was on an antibiotic and I gave him extra yogurt and even the yogurt that has added sugar, just because of that antibiotic, I wanted to make sure that his belly was doing okay so i gave him the yogurt um but yeah another thing you want to avoid you want to try to have plain yogurt plain Um, yogurt have you ever um, made your own your own yogurt no no no, i'm not have you ever made your own yogurt at home have you 
no, but my dad has. And he said, it's so easy. So I'm like, I should do it. How long does it take? But it helps you. Uh, like a day. You have to let it sit and stuff. Right. But it tasted just like the regular, like wow. the Greek yogurt, the Chobani. It was good. I was I'll like, look oh, wow. into that. Yes, there is a way to make your own yogurt at home. Um, some more things. So unpasteurized or mold ripened products. No. Um, raw or undercooked meats, seafood or eggs. Um, you don't want to give to baby. So no smoked salmon or and make sure everything is well done. Um, and no choking hazards, uh, which is like sharp foods or circular foods. And those are the, so even though 101 before one is about exposing the baby to a variety of tastes and textures and food groups, there are things that you do want to be careful of and avoid. Like honey and too much sugar. And I did uh, fact check here, both Pedialyte does have some sugar, but not that much. Right. It's, it I think that you just outweigh the risks. You, yes. Like dehydration is far more concerning. Um, I agree. Then, uh, yeah. So you're like, whatever, you know, you gotta, you gotta live a little and not drive yourself crazy. Um, but yeah, so, uh, when well, you that's start... why you, you recommended to mix it with the water, right? You so want to dilute, dilute it, it with the water, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense to help for the dehydration. So then, plus you're diluting it. These are great tips. It seems like you have to learn all these things once you have a child, because, you know, I only have to feed myself. So I'm just like, "Mm, do I want to eat sushi? Yes. Hey, hi. Yes, we can have sushi, though. Um, So I can. I'm just like, hey, sushi roll. I don't want to cook right now. I'm going to order this. But I could see how your transition now to motherhood, you like have to learn what can the baby eat. And uh, some people have reached out to me on Instagram. They've said, um, now that you've had a baby and you do baby led feeding, do you think you feel more comfortable providing feeding therapy? And I honestly do. And I feel like, wow, go you. Yeah. I feel like, uh, because I've went through it and because I have this one Oh one before one cookbook, it tells you everything about starting salads about like, um, recipe ideas, meal schedules, the way to cut the food, to prepare the food so everything is safe, the safe cooking temperatures, um, the how uh, just all everything the about that I feeding. didn't really That's... know about. Like, I didn't yeah. know what had iron and what was a healthy fat. Like, I did. I still don't. But not Do you want to totally. mind sharing? <laughs> you want to share with us what has iron? Yeah. So some iron foods, um, iron rich foods are going to be important because, um, they help support neurological development and immune function. It helps the red blood cells carry oxygen through the body and supports the child's ability to learn and develop appropriately. Um, in order to optimize iron absorption, Try to offer foods high in vitamin C, such as oranges, strawberries, or broccoli when you are serving iron-rich foods. Cooking with lime, lemon, or garlic is a simple way to increase iron absorption. Wow. Ah, yes. Is that for human for humans? Is that for older individuals as well? Or is this just for well like- everybody? Yeah. Everybody. This book is just like talking about um 
mostly young kids, but iron dense foods are like black beans, ground beef, tofu. Um, I think purple foods, I think is a easy way to remember mm-hmm. that, um, high in iron. Yeah. That are high in iron. I do have a list of iron rich foods. Don't do this. Don't do this. Iron dense foods. We have broccoli, collard greens, kale, spinach, sweet potato, oatmeal, quinoa, black beans, chickpeas, adamame, lentils, peas, legumes, pinto beans, kidney beans, tofu, beef, ground beef, chicken, chicken liver, egg, lamb, pork, turkey, cod, crab, lobster, salmon, sardine, shrimp, trout, almonds, cashew, chia seeds, and tahini. That's a great list. Yes. So you just want to, so we just had actually, we had hummus bread and oranges for a snack. So we have the, um, and chia seeds on that. So we have the healthy fats, the iron and the vitamin C. Great. That was a nice, well-balanced snack. So Benjamin seemed to like it when he was eating. I noticed he was, had his hands, both hands full and he took a bite of one hand. He was so funny. Take a bite of one munch, 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 take another bite of his other munch, munch, munch. And I was like, look at Benjamin. He's really enjoying his food right now. No choking, chewing, switching both hands. So I feel like that is a big fear that people have about choking, but, um, a couple things. So when you are bringing food to your mouth, you are mentally preparing yourself to swallow um and physiologically your body is starting to initiate that swallow prior to it occurring so you're less likely to choke when you are self-feeding as opposed to parent-led feeding um i haven't had any closed calls knock on wood thank goodness um with benjamin he has managed food quite well um his entire life so far. And I'm quite thankful for that. Um, I think what's helpful is making sure that the baby or the child is positioned correctly. 90, 90, Mm, 90, that they're upright, that their knees are, um, bent at a 90 degree angle and they have, um, foot support. And the hips are, you -hmm. know, like the knees, Right. Like it's like the hips are upright and then their shoulders are on top of the hips. Yes. And then like everything is, is out, like even underneath the neck is like a 90 degree. So you're not like hyper or over under or hyper extending like the chin and the head. So exactly. And if yeah. you have a high chair, there should be some type of like foot support. So the feet are not just dangling. Exactly. So that the child's able to bear down for that swallow and that they are just thinking about eating and not, uh, thinking about their body in space. Positioning. Um, Yeah. You also need to make sure that you're avoiding choking hazards and that you're preparing food safely for your child to consume. So when they're, um, six months, everything is going to be cut into sticks so that they're Mm -hmm. able to grasp it with their palm because developmentally Mm -hmm. that's the palmar grasp that they have developed. And once mm-hmm. they get to nine months and they have that pincer grasp, you can start making things in smaller pieces that they could pick up to put in their mouth. Um, you want to make sure that all the things that you are, the vegetables and fruits that you're cooking are, are very well steamed so that they are easily um, 
managed in the mouth. And then uh, you can progressively uh, over time as the child gets older, present the food in a way that it would be most likely um, present in their life, like a whole apple as opposed to steaming it up all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. But yeah, um, it's going way. really well for us. Yeah, I was telling the listeners how when you were in the kitchen getting his bread or before you were setting something up, he was eating by himself and, you know, took a bite of this, took a bite of that, munch, 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 took a bite of this, took a bite of that. I'm like, look at my Benjamin go. He knows what he's doing. He does. He is an independent boy. He is. He wants to talk. Um, But yeah, on that note, I think that I have, I have quote, to go tend poetry. to my kid. Yeah. What's, yes, your, I know. what's your quote? <laughs> it's Well, it's actually a small little poem. Okay. Yes. Special Child by Jacqueline Dry. I am a special child. I am a good and wonderful child. When I laugh, I make people happy. When I smile, I light up the room. I am smart and can do many things. One day I'll show the world how great I am. now an interview with Julie Locks of 101 Before One. Julie Locks is the founder and head chief of 101 Before One. She lives in Ohio with her husband and young daughter. Julie has always had an interest in food and has been watching cooking shows on TV since she was a child. When she discovered baby-led feeding, she knew it was the perfect opportunity to share her love of cooking with her daughter. One of Julie's dreams has always been to write her own cookbook, Goal Accomplished. Hello and welcome to another episode of SLP's Wine and Cheese. I'm Deb and today I am so lucky to be joined by Julie Locks, the founder of 101 Before One. She has created this guide that I have been pretty faithfully following. Maybe my meals are not as good and consistent as this cookbook, but pretty much it's been my Bible um, for the past five months. Hi, Julie. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Thanks so much for having me. Oh, I'm great. Thank you for being here. Um, Before we talk too much about um, all of the awesome things that you have created, let's chat wine. Um, I'm drinking rosé and it's the same rosé I had on in the last episode. And I just want everyone to know, yes, I did get another bottle and I did like it, but I think I liked the price more than I did like the wine. Um, It's a rosé. it's a DeAngelis wine. Um, and it is, uh, it's pretty good. I like, you know, as soon as it gets warm, I am like a dry rosé gal. I vote drink it. Love it. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I just took a sip. And, uh, what do you have, Julie? Yeah. So this is kind of different, but, uh, I love like fruit wine. So like Mm -hmm. super sweet. So I'm from Trader Joe's, right? Everyone loves Trader Joe's. They have a watermelon wine in the summer, which is amazing. So it's called Love Olivia and it's watermelon wine. And I would buy it, but just for myself because uh, my husband wants nothing to do with it. Ah, yeah. What color is it? I I need to know. Very, it's very light pink. So it is like a rosé, but uh, yeah. So, and it is sweet. Very sweet. Yes. Now, do you always pick sweet wine? Yeah, for the most part. And they're hard to find. I will tell you they're really, I was gifted an entire case of sweet wine for, um, Christmas and, um, 
Oh my God. I have to pause for a second because my dog just threw up all over the floor. <laughs> oh no. Mike, Mike, Frankie just threw up all over the floor. Um, I'm not even editing that out guys. I keep going. <laughs> okay. Sorry. everyone. <laughs> my life is hell. Um, Okay. Uh, yeah. So I was gifted an entire case of extremely sweet wine from upstate, a vineyard in upstate New York. Um, and I don't want to not be grateful for a gift, but this gift was repeatedly disappointing. Just every bottle I opened mm -hmm. was so sweet. I had you to put it on buy nothing. It. I did. Well, I put it on buy nothing. Gift. Yeah. Do you have buy nothing in your town? No, we do not. Oh, well, you might, you should check your Facebook. Buy nothing is like my favorite okay. Facebook group. You just give away things. You post pictures of things you don't want and people take it from you. That sounds awesome. I have a lot of that with baby, baby <laughs> exactly. gear, baby toys. I have it all. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a great way to increase community and uh, decrease consumerism. So if you don't have a buy nothing group in your town, you should start one anyway. Um, the whole point of us being here together is uh, you you're the founder of 101 Before One. Now, this is a now traditionally many people would refer to this style of feeding as baby led weaning. And I like how you guys kind of changed it to baby led feeding Correct. instead of yes. weeding. So um, what was the motivation there? Yeah, just because it is around, you know, self feeding and the baby is feeding themselves and sometimes the weaning part is a little bit more about sort of the milk feed. So, yeah. you know, baby led feeding, um, all around self-feeding solid food. So that's why we chose that, uh, version of it. Yeah. And how did you, um, because I, I would say like growing up from like, even as a child, like you're given dolls and you're given like, you know, toys that are accessories and they're bottles and there's like baby food mm -hmm. and, and like, you just, it's like conditioned in your brain. Like you're supposed to feed your baby Gerber baby food and like bottles and stuff. Um, and, uh, I feel like it wasn't until recently that like, and I did have a baby recently, so I don't know if that's what, uh, shifted my mindset. Um, but yeah, it just seems like it, there's this whole new shift to, to go straight for family centered meals. Yeah. And I think parents are finding that it's easier. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, buying all the jars and serving baby and, and someone messaged me the other day that they said that they can actually enjoy their meal. They can sit mm -hmm. down, they can eat their meal while their baby kind of, you know, feeds themselves. And, and that's ideal, right? It's less stress yeah. on the parents and less cooking too. I mean, at this point, I couldn't even imagine like feeding a baby. He doesn't really right. let me. Sometimes he does. And I'm like, oh, look at you, little birdie. <laughs> um, I think it's funny. Um, I was giving him oatmeal for the first time the other day. He had two pieces of toast in each hand. So he just leaned forward to let me <laughs> give yeah. him the spoon. Um, it was very cute, but different. Uh, yeah. So a lot of people have like concerns. When I brought this up to um, my cousins-in-laws who <laughs> recently had kids, um, I had asked if they had done baby led weaning and um, they were like, no, not really. Cause we weren't so comfortable with it. But like, if you're comfortable with the Heimlich, like you should just do whatever works for you. And I was like, that is the completely wrong mindset. Right. Uh, 
yeah. So how do you kind of like combat those, those myths? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's part of the reason why we started our program is because we find that the parents that are successful and on board with baby led feeding are the ones that are most knowledgeable about it. Mm -hmm. So the more that we can get parents, you know, comfortable with the process and how it works, then the light bulb starts to click in your head, right? Of like, okay, now I understand that I'm not putting my baby at risk and it's actually yeah. safer, right? Cause baby's feeding themselves and that's safer than, um, you know, putting food in their, in their own mouth. So, yeah, we're all just about education and, you know, the latest best practices and research. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, seeing parents go on that journey and they come back to us right at the, at the end, they come back mm -hmm. and say, thank you for, for educating us. And then they, and then they go and tell their friend and explain it to them. So I think it is sort of a movement and, and parents are starting to understand more, but that first reaction, right. Of like, there's no way I'm going to give my baby a chicken leg. Right. They're right. going to choke on that. Yeah. Why would you do that? <laughs> but now I see small, tiny things. I'm like, I can't give that little thing to my baby. He could choke right. on it. He, it must be larger. And that just makes more sense to me. And I don't right. even see how people would think that a baby would choke on something that's massive because it's bigger than their mouth. Um, yeah. Yeah. It goes so. beyond common sense sometimes, but once you start to like learn <laughs> all yeah. the ins and outs of it, like we do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then also as a speech pathologist, you, um, work with speech language, communication, feeding and swallowing. So, um, I'm surprised when I, when I hear other speech pathologists who are weary about baby led feeding, because we know that once the body like sees food and brings food mm -hmm. to the mouth, that, that digestive process is already being initiated, that you're starting to salivate and all of the musculature is becoming activated to manipulate that food for the four phases of the swallow. Um, right. so it's just. I feel like you can't be, well, I, I don't want to make any blanket statements, but it just <laughs> seems like uh, baby led feeding is the way for speech pathology. Right. Well, I think what parents, what we want to educate parents on is the starting sort of at six months and starting early. Mm -hmm. um, and that was the quote I was going to share, you know, today, as far as like waiting, right. So mm -hmm. your baby does have to eat food at some point. Yeah. And so some parents will come back to us at 12 months and say, okay, now I'm ready. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's going to be a little bit of a harder battle, right. Because they don't have some of those reflexes or, um, you know, some of the, um, things that they have at six months. And it's just easier if you start that way, right. Versus training right. baby to, to take a spoon and, and transition off of that. Right. Cause I would think like, so when I first started, um, and I started like two weeks before six months because my baby mm -hmm. was just grabbing all of right. my things. <laughs> and he was just, he just like demonstrated that he was ready. He was sitting independently. He was reaching for the food. Mm -hmm. Um, and we, it was way more playful. And I did do some purees at that point. Um, but yeah, so at that point it was like very exploratory, like things were in his mouth and then out of the mouth, like it looked like he ate a lot. And then I picked him up and it was just food all over, all over the mess. Yes. Yeah. The mess is a big thing too. Yeah. He looked like the, um, ghosts from Casper after they ate. And there's just like this pile of mush underneath him. I was like, Oh, you didn't need all that. Mm. Um, and I don't know, it was like reassuring because I was like, Oh, he's just like learning and tasting and manipulating. And it's kind of like, just kind of falling out. It's not as if he's like, overstuffing and swallowing 
mm-hmm. so early on. Um, now at this point, like I can't eat anything without him taking it from Good me and That's scarfing great. it down. Um, so I couldn't imagine him being this ready. He's almost 12 months. And just starting for the first time, I would be quite fearful, I think, because he's so eager to consume. And now I feel like I'm so calm because he's demonstrated that he's got like the oral motor capabilities to manipulate these foods safely and efficiently. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just feel like it's benefited us so much. I don't know. I, I can't, I can't even imagine getting jars and feeding just puree. <laughs> yeah. It's more fun for a baby. And, and I think it's, it's seeing is believing too, right? Cause there's always mm-hmm. going to be that family member or grandma or whoever that's a little like, Oh, what are you doing? But once they see, you know, that baby can handle it, they get really yeah. excited. So seeing other babies eat the food is, has been really, really helpful too. Right. Yeah. Like the grandparents always are just like, why don't you spoon feed him or you're only supposed to give bottles with rice cereal. Right. <laughs> a little outdated. I know. Everything has changed, right? I, that's Everything, how I yes. Everything with babies has changed, right? From yes. sleep to this, to that, to mm-hmm. Montessori, right? And just letting baby lead the way is sort of the new um, philosophy. And, you know, you know, some of the younger parents are, are taking that on. Yeah. I have a friend who works um, primarily in the skilled nursing uh, setting and she was, I was talking to her about baby led feeding and her name's Julie too. Um, And she was like, she was talking, I think about like putting gloves on and she was all like uh, clean and she asked somebody to give her some water (laughs) and it was the most difficult sip she had ever taken because somebody else had the cup for her. Mm to like give her the water. Um, and that was, a a bit enlightening too. It's like, you're not prepared when you're not initiating that. Even if you're watching it, you're not the one who's pouring it into your mouth and it's difficult to prepare. Yeah. It's the coordination, right? So if you're trying to spoon feed your baby, you don't know exactly where to put it in the mouth. And yeah, I mean, just letting babies, babies seem to be happier, right? Cause they're not getting, you know, force fed or anything. And Right. Um, they can have more fun with it. It's a sensory experience, right? Too. That's, that's why we encourage the mess is to, to play with food and understand yeah. how it all works. So if there's a couple of things that you wanted to tell parents, like what they need to know about um, starting salads, what are some things you would like to tell parents? Yeah. So, you know, definitely, you know, get educated as far as, um, whatever way you're going to go. If you want to go with baby led feeding, I think it does help to kind of understand the whole process of like, you know, how to serve the food, um, you know, in an age appropriate way, right. We start with sort of stick foods and, um, understand like why we, why we serve them that way. Um, so preparing the food is really important. Um, and then also we just, we just encourage self-feeding from day one, right? So if you want to start with purees, you can easily, you know, preload the spoon and hand it over to baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that just starts the relationship of, you know, with your baby of, Hey, you know, you're going to take the lead. You're going to feed yourself. Um, and I'm going to introduce a variety of, of flavors and textures and, and let you kind of explore. So mm-hmm. we just want to make sure parents are having, you know, fun with it. it. It is stressful at the beginning, but once you see your baby, you know, confidently 
eating some food, you'll build your confidence too. And, and I tell parents too, that like your baby is not scared, right? You're the one that's right. scared. So, yeah. um, your baby's you like, hmm. then just, just let them lead the way. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and if you're, if, if your primary focus is choking, if that's your like main concern, mm -hmm. then, um, you've mentioned like, it's totally normal to feel anxious about choking, especially because it's something that's been like ingrained in, um, mm -hmm. us for so long. I feel like my grandma used to cut everything up into the smallest, tiniest pieces because yes. she was so anxious. Meanwhile, now I know like that could increase <laughs> the likelihood of choking, um, because it's smaller. So it's more, it's more difficult to, um, identify a smaller piece in your mouth. And then like, it's, it's, it would take a more fine, precise movement of the tongue to manipulate that in a way where you have like control over it. Meanwhile, if something's larger, a larger bolus is easier to control. Right. Exactly. And it, you know, it's a little bit scientific, right. Understanding sort of the, the elements of, you know, oral motor skills, but once you kind of understand that at, you know, at six months versus 12 months, how that all kind of progresses, mm -hmm. um, that's helpful for parents to know. And every parent that has started baby feeding has had that, that, you know, nervous, you know, anxious feeling, and mm -hmm. they've been able to kind of get through it. And, and I talk about the studies too, right. There's been two actual like real studies that they've shown that, you know, this doesn't increase the risk of choking. So having right. that in the back of your mind too is, uh, always helpful and that mil millions of babies have, have gone through this. So, um, a little bit of reassurance, right. This is not, uh, Right. something new. This has been around for, for, for many years already. Right. And not only does it not increase the likelihood of choking, but it also, I think I would assume reduces the risk because you're teaching the child how to manipulate food and you're presenting food to the child progressively in a way in which they would be naturally confronted with the food so that they would be knowledgeable on how mm -hmm. to safely consume it. Yeah. And that's one of the ideas is to, you know, safely introduce the food at home. So if they go, you know, um, people talk about older children, you know, going to a birthday party or something mm -hmm. when you are not there, then they have sort of developed those skills. They know how to spit out food. Um, and they've had that experience versus maybe a baby that's a little less uh, comfortable with different textures and that kind of thing. Um, right. they're not prepared for that situation. So it's almost, um, you know, like, uh, boy scouts or girl scouts, right. It's just preparing you for the wild, honestly. Right. Yeah, I am. Absolutely. Um, and I feel like, so I want to know how this even started. So you are the founder yeah. of one one before one. Um, you have a cookbook, a checklist, uh, tell me about one one before one. Yeah. So it was basically, you know, when I started, um, solids with my daughter at six months, it was the middle of the pandemic. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, like a lot of us, we were at home doing nothing. And, you know, I was looking at some of so the, you resources. just made a book. All right. We just like... made a book. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I just, most of the other resources were focused on feeding baby, like very specific mm -hmm. baby meals. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. Like I thought the purpose of baby led feeding was family meals. Like where's mm -hmm. all the family meals. And there was nobody talking about it. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I actually reached out to our entire team on Instagram um, all five of them on Instagram and they all said, yes. Oh, wonderful. and it was just the rest is history. We wrote a book, um, and it's been a, an awesome journey and project. And we're just so, so excited about it to just, you know, educate parents on 
all these best practices and, and bring back the family meal so baby can enjoy the same food. I post every day, you know, on our Instagram. You do. You're good. You are so good. <laughs> like you should be, you're like a role model for yeah, somebody who so it's, wants it's to fun. be successful on Instagram. You are on Thank there. You. Um, I feel like as a speech pathologist, prior to being a parent, I worked with individuals who were, um, in the nursing home setting who, um, who had feeding needs and swallowing difficulties. Mm -hmm. And then yep. also, um, children who had, uh, sensory differences, um, and were either picky eaters or struggled to, um, consume foods. And, uh, I felt like if anyone can do it, I can do it. But the more, every time I tried to do these cases, I just felt like it wasn't my strongest area. And mm -hmm. I felt like yep. I was used to being like a good speech pathologist. And this was an <laughs> area that I just well, there's two separate like, areas, right? They're, they're, right? they're completely different, completely totally different. different. But from my perspective, I'm like, if it's possible, I can do it. If somebody else is doing it, I can do it. So why not? Um, and it really wasn't until I had a baby and I read through your book that I now feel far more confident in my ability to, um, coach parents and discuss with them, um, the feeding mm -hmm. process. And it's, it's been such an educational tool for me. Um, I really appreciate what you've done. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Thank you so much. I'm so glad it was helpful for you and your little one. And, um, yeah. that's what parents tell us. It's just, it's their Bible pretty much at this yeah. point. For, I have it on my, my wall. Like, yeah. you know, he's supposed to get three snacks, three meals that the portions should have, um, vitamin mm -hmm. C and healthy fat and, um, iron. And, uh, I wouldn't have even known what an iron rich food was if you didn't put a little icon next right. to them. So thank you for that little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're, we're out on a mission just to, you know, make all of the parents an expert, right? Cause mm -hmm. you know, we, we filmed our 90 minute masterclass the other day and we just tell you everything, you know, we're not trying to keep it any secrets. Just here it is. And I love it. And parents are just like, yes, tell me what to do. Um, and, uh, and then you can start to make your own decisions, right. Once you feel more confident. Right. And so many people are like, there's no instructions on how to have kids. And here's kind of one. <laughs> for the feeding <laughs> aspect. Yes. And we take yeah. care of our parents. That's a big thing that, uh, we really want to make sure that the parents are in eating delicious food every night. Cause if yeah. your baby throws it on the floor, you still had a good meal. That's right. My baby pretty much everyone keeps telling me he's going to start to get pickier. Um, he's yeah, 11 months. months. Yep. And he's not really like he's, I guess like I guess maybe. Okay. So he's not like so interested in eating every single thing that I give him mm -hmm. anymore, but he still is a very good eater. He doesn't love chicken right. for some reason. I feel like chicken is not his favorite unless so, it's like ground chicken. Meat, meat can be hard for little ones, but that's, that's the reason why we want to take advantage of that window from six mm -hmm. to 12 months. Babies will try just about anything, right? That's the purpose yeah. of our checklist of introducing this variety of foods. So if they do yeah. end up being, you know, a little bit slow, I like to call it selective eating, not picky yeah. eating, selective because we all are right. We all have our own preferences. Yeah. So. I mean, not me, I'll eat garbage, but, um, <laughs> yeah, there are picky people. Some people are selective in their eating. <laughs> yes. 
um, yeah, my husband's pretty selective. He's like, he won't eat tuna without like lemon and yeah, <laughs> and celery. He's yelling at me in the background. <laughs> well, what I tell parents too, and I went through this with my daughter of her selective phase is that she does know how to eat, right? She knows how to navigate right. different textures and, and flavors and things like that. So it's at that point, it's not a feeding, um, teaching her how to eat. She knows how to eat and all those yes. different textures. It's just around the different foods and, and being a little bit um, cautious of them, which is a toddler, right? That's a toddler is being cautious of things. So. Right. Yeah, I did read something. I don't know where it was, but like in terms of anthropology that like as toddlers, yeah, theoretically, exactly. kids could just like wander off into the woods right. and, and they become selective eaters at this point mm -hmm. because they could eat berries that could kill them. So at it's 100% point, protective. Remember yes, that. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So I have we're we we are making moves on our 101 before one checklist for sure. Um, I do have a month to give him crab, lobster and shrimp. So I told my husband he better step up his mm -hmm. game here in the food shopping area because we have not done <laughs> the, that. The, the goal is just to introduce as many as you can. And that's yeah. uh, success. Yes. But no, I must I must do all 101 before one before one um love it have some crab cakes those are my favorite exactly love crab cakes. I do and he might he we do make very nice crab cakes in this house except I felt like it was hard I had I had the crab cakes recently before maybe it was before we were feeding him anything um and it there's still like little cartilages in the crab you have to go through it you got to pick through it that's the fun part okay you just have to like be in one particular okay all right no problem um yeah the things so, we do for our children <laughs> right right it's just like you're just like we'll just try harder and that's true I don't know why I, I didn't well it's funny because I'm the chef right so yeah you know people come to me saying I don't know how to cook it's like well I've been cooking for 20 years so it's it's oh, hard I wanted to, to ask you that part so yeah so that what is your background yeah so my background it's actually funny I'm, I'm trying to get on food network it's not happening uh, ah. fast, but, um, I've been watching food network. I've got a whole education from all 20 years of, of, uh, watching that on TV. So, oh, yeah. Interesting. Pretty much whip up anything without a recipe and been like, you know, messaging, uh, the kitchen and all these people. And, uh, yeah, some, someday they'll call me, but yeah. Not. Have you like a uh, tasty, have you tried them? Or is that food yeah, network? Yeah. Something hmm. food bloggers. Yeah, I well, I have faith in you. I'll do what I can to get you there as well. I will <laughs> promote 101 before one until you get to Food Network. Um, but uh, yeah, I really appreciate all that you've done. And I highly recommend anybody who is um, the parent of a young child to educate yourself about um, introducing solids. Um, and uh, I feel like it's just life it's been life-changing and I really yeah. I really enjoy it I mean my husband has gone along with it because I just told him like that's what we were they come along they doing. come along and they they have more fun than you do sometimes <laughs> yeah I mean at this point like I don't know it, it, it'd be weird to buy like jars of food and like that you feed yeah. them something different but yes uh thank well, you good. so much Glad Julie you enjoyed it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we've got plenty of free resources and, and education on our Instagram page Yes. So, yeah. So everyone go follow um, 101 before one on Instagram and uh, message Julie and tell her um, that she's changed her life like she changed mine. And uh, <laughs> Benjamin's, he's very grateful 
for all that you've done. Um, before our guests leave us, we ask that they give us a quote. Do you have a quote that you would like to share with the audience? Yeah, so it kind of just summarizes the topic for today. Mm -hmm. So I saw this on an Instagram post unrelated to baby led feeding at all. Mm -hmm. um, but the quote said, time uh, extends your fear, whereas knowledge and understanding can help you overcome it. So if you have a fear of introducing solids, um, hopefully all of the knowledge that we can pass on to you will help you feel more confident. So it's a good place yes. to leave you, right? Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, Julie. Thank you.